Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Are you working on a remodel or new construction job and need new carpet and flooring? Save time and money by calling Garvey's Flooring America. Choosing Garvey's Flooring America for your commercial space means you'll pay the lowest prices from the largest selection of in-stock carpet and floors in the Valley. Garvey's Commercial Division is known for having the highest standards in the industry. Whether an office, a school, church, or restaurant, Garvey's Flooring America has the experience to guide you from start to finish, providing solutions to make it happen on time and on budget. Visit us online at garveyscarpet.com. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. Great pre-owned inventory. Just great people to deal with. These really good people, great pros, fabulous service department. Yeah, I mean, remember, I mean, they're there for routine maintenance as well as anything else. Well, it's... Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. All right. Great to have you with us. You know, just because the suit has called one more home team touchdown this season than I have, doesn't mean he can yell at us on the show like he does. How about today's temper tantrum? I mean, Matt, how'd you survive that? I don't think Matt survived it. <laughs> uh, no, there's something he wants to do with the show, which is actually it's a good idea, so we're going to do it. So, small, it's noticeable to us, not so much to you, but to us. So, but it was a really good idea. All right. Um, where does life stand with the Big Ten right now? I don't know. <laughs> As I said yesterday, this is a difficult story. It's interesting, it's a sports story, but it's a difficult story for. Um, sports reporters to cover for this reason. And it's just it's just the same thing I said yesterday. Um and that goes with um sourcing. You know, if you want sources, you know, there's sources within an athletic department. There's sources within a when within a coaching group. There can be sources among players. But for sports people covering a story like this, where's their sourcing when it comes to this? They don't have sources within the president and 
chancellor community. They don't have sources there. So you're trying to piece it together the best way you can. Which now gets us to, and and Adam Rittenberg had a great tweet about this. He says, this is what, he says, this would only be appropriate. (laughs) This is Ted Carter at Nebraska. Earlier today, there was an event that took place, and he was talking to, his last name is Hinson. Can't remember his first name. And this was, quote, the hot mic moment. Well, we thought we had it. All right. (laughs) Well, there was a hot mic moment in it where he essentially said, in his hot mic moment that the Big Ten would reveal an announcement this evening. He did it during a private conversation. As before, a press conference picked up by a hot mic, Carter seemingly revealed that the Big Ten is set to announce its plans for a college season Tuesday night, tonight. We're getting ready to announce the Huskers and Big Ten football tonight, Carter told Bob Hinson, so I did have the Hinson part right, director of the National Strategic Research Institute, according to KETV Newswatch 7. Your news leader in Lincoln. I'm just kidding. It's a good move in the right direction, was the quote. So later... He was interviewed. Carter claimed his comments were heard out of context when asked about them later. All I said is there is work going on. I remain cautiously optimistic like everyone else that we're, that we'll get to discovering when it's safe to play, Carter told Yusef Nasser of KLKN. Well, that's not quite what he said. He said, we're getting ready to announce the Huskers and Big Ten football tonight, Carter told Bob Henson. It's a good move in the right direction. That's what he said. The interesting part is, as as Adam Rittenberg tweeted, he said, it figures, essentially, it figures this is the way we'd find out. Well, again, that goes back to, and I said this to Adam yesterday on the show, as you heard. I said, look, um, people in in this business, and I'm not saying me, I'm a play-by-play announcer. I don't make any bones about that. That you... uh, these reporters work sources all the time. But when it comes to university presidents and chancellors, that's not where their sources are. So it's made the story more difficult for the sports people to wrap their arms around. Thus, there's been more of a waiting game. There's more mystery with this. KETV was 
on hand for this conference. They were not there to, hey, I can't believe it. I think if we go, we can catch Ted Carter on a hot mic. That's not why they were there. Hinson, by the way, said to Carter that this would get that off your plate. So, tweeting early this afternoon, Jeff Patrikas, who's with the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, tweeted this. Patrikas reported the Big Ten will indeed announce its 2020 football plan today, and the news he alluded would be one conference fans would be pleased to see. This is confirmed, he wrote. Polls are closed, votes are in, time for Badgers fans and their pals across the league to celebrate. Well, you should be sorry. Look, after the verbal beatdown you took from the suit today, must have been brutal. How'd you survive that? <laughs> yeah, like anything else. I mean, you know, I mean, you saw how you know. I mean, you saw my response to him on the uh, email. <laughs> I did. What about <laughs> you? Had to laugh when I t- when I when I, I wasn't surprised. <laughs> what that I wrote that? Yes. Well, anytime you put like eight or nine dots after a comment. It's meant to be totally sarcastic, which, which, by the way, he, Kevin has an excellent sense of humor. So, <laughs> so he got he got what I was kidding about. But we're on the same page, right? We are. Yeah. So I thought. Now, if we, you know, and and Dave Ritchie's on the same page, and Mark Lawrence is on the same page. If we could just get one other guy <laughs> on the same page with us, there's one guy. What are you talking about? A cardboard touch styles this year, and you have. All right. <laughs> Here is uh, Ted Carter at the University of Nebraska. This is the hot mic moment. Oh, really? I, I heard that that was happening. I didn't. Uh, I think there's a lot of anticipation about that. Good for you. Maybe that'll get off your plate. <laughs> well, it never will, but it's 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 a good move in the right direction. Right. So there you go. This is what we've come down to: the hot mic moment. <laughs> it is so true for this to end oh, like this. I know. What's interesting is that um, you can tell by the distance of it. They feel like they're they're far enough away from the mics where they can talk privately. And it turned out that now people in the room probably could not hear it. It probably would be muffled to them. But because my guess is, like in most situations like that, the TV cameras hooked into a malt box. And if you're hooked, hooked into a malt box, that means you're hooked directly into the microphone at the front. You don't need amplifiers. 
And on top of that, both guys were masked as well. Yeah, they were yeah, they were both masked at the time as a matter of fact. So. Well, they better do something between now and September 26th. Lee Steinberg, who's the great sports agent. In fact, the movie Jerry Maguire is, you know, is a lot about what he does. Not to the extent Jerry Maguire had to go. <laughs> Lee has a cameo in it. Um, you know how they have different deals, like LinkedIn is one, right? So Lee Steinberg and I, I you know, we're on this LinkedIn thing together. And so he put out something today, and I'm reading it on my, that they're having this big forum on September 26th, and they've been able to get a special guest for it on September 26th which, by the way, is the opening day for the SEC. Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren. All right. To me, the conversation becomes easier if things go away. Everybody hopes. Oh, my goodness. It is... Um, Well, this is uh, a long road. There's no no getting around it. Uh, Jesse Lucetta and, and Lamont Wade had a couple of tweets today, basically saying, "Come on, tell us." <laughs> Wade Wade had a great one. He tweeted out, basically, like I'm checking my phone every ten minutes here. <laughs> oh man. This is uh There's also one other element. Can I, can I, I when I was talking about the Big Ten, you know, we've talked about medical protocols because obviously the health of the student athlete is paramount in all this. Right? Simple as that. So far, Almost everybody has been able to play that, um, you know, with a hiccup here or there. BYU's got a hiccup. Memphis has a hiccup. You know, I think what Virginia Tech did too, right? But that's been it. And Virginia Tech didn't even play the game. They didn't even play the game. And Texas Tech today has a few more. Yeah, but Texas Tech's had a lot along the way. I mean, they they were kind of like on the borderline going into – Houston Baptist, anyway. But see, I don't panic about this. Everybody panics about this. Oh my God, they got to. How many? You don't know for you, for example, how many players are knocked out for contact racing that are perfectly fine. I mean, I had it. You know, I'm not going to get into obviously who, what, where, but I had a student who could not attend yesterday's class, the only one that missed, and so I set up a Zoom for him. But he's he's not sick, and he hasn't tested positive. But he said he was told he had he was told he had exposure to it. So because of that, he had to sit out. Okay. See, these are all things that we don't know.
So you don't know how many are out for contact tracing. You also don't know how many are out because of injuries either. That was also one of the great, great deals the other day about Georgia Southern, 33 guys out. Well, everybody's like, oh, can you believe it? Well, it turned out there were a couple of COVIDs, several suspensions, and injuries. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. Great pre-owned inventory. And a fabulous sales staff. I mean, the people have been buying left and right. And not only that, but a fabulous service department to back it up. Look, one of the keys to any car is great routine maintenance. They take care of major repairs, but they're fabulous with routine maintenance. This is all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Uh, still playing the waiting game on this. There's some reports starting to filter out, but I think, you know, I'm kind of waiting for, uh, uh, with all due respect, a heavy hitter or two to do this. Um, the hot mic moment of the day is obviously the one that's got people going, okay. Let's see what's going on here. It sounds sounds like they're making progress. We'll find out. Uh, I will go back, and we're going to get Ben Jones in a second. I will go back to what I said yesterday. Um, when you're going through something like this, and it's been this kind of weekend, where there's hand-wringing, people get upset, what's going on, look at the opportunity. I take everybody back to Major League Baseball in June and into July, all the consternation and the hand-wringing. Once they started playing, that all went away. Now, what became concerning was what happened with the Marlins and then what happened with the Cardinals, but that all went away once, once they started playing. It's going to be the same thing here. Once they start playing, which I think they will, I really believe deep down they will, um, uh, you know, should should they start playing again, all this consternation, and you know, people will look back and I go, yeah, yeah, but once you get going, I think everybody starts feeling better about it. may not be perfect. And there's one other element I want to point out. We've talked a lot about the TV part of it, about athletics. There's another part that hasn't been talked about this. If, capital I, capital F, if you were to start the weekend of October 16, 17, because I think there'd be a game on, you know, you'd open up with that Friday night. Um, October 16, 17, and you're able to play eight games in nine weeks, and everyone's talked about the Big Ten Championship game on the 19th and college football playoff 
committee and its final vote would be on December 20th. All right, so we've talked a lot about the timing of that. Here's one other element that hasn't been brought into it that also is a moneymaker. And also because all the students are going to be off these campuses anyway, so you're already in a bubble, you would play, there would be bowl games. You would be bowl game, and that's where you get another huge chunk of cash. And you already have your student-athletes in a bubble because at that point, students would have been off, let's just take here, say January 1's a bowl game, all right? So let's say uh, Penn State, for the sake of argument, they're either in the college football playoff or they're in a bowl game, which would be that weekend, all right, that January 1 weekend, all right? Um, because the uh, Rose Bowl, Sugar Bowl would be the two playoff games this year. And say it happens just, you know, I don't care if it's the Fiesta Bowl, Orange Bowl, whatever it is, okay? You would now be five weeks Actually, six weeks into a bubble on campus because the students are leaving here November 20th. And not scheduled to come back. So, I mean, that part hasn't been brought up. All right. Uh, Basketball announcements tomorrow. Expect November 21st as a start date. Expect a minimum of four non-conference games. Minimum of four. There may be maximums on games. 25, but if you're in a non-exempt tournament, can get to 28. A minimum of 13 games. Expect no preseason game or scrimmage. You know, everybody plays that preseason game. And no scrimmage. Uh, If they go with November 21, then they can go to eight hours a week on the court starting next Monday, the 21st of September. Then full practice would begin October 10th. That's the announcement coming up tomorrow. All right. Let's bring in Ben Jones, statecollege.com, as we play the waiting game. Ben, welcome back. Great to have you with us. Hey, thanks for having me, Steve. I've actually been to the X Games, so I must say that it is pretty cool, but that, that is neither neither here nor there. Where did you go? Which one? Uh, when they were in Philly many, oh, many, okay. many moons ago. Cool. Yeah. Oh, cool. I was a younger, more adventurous man those days. <laughs> Okay, so on this particular day, what do you know or don't know about what's going on? Yeah, I mean, I think I know, in all honesty, about as much as everybody else, which is that nobody really knows much of anything. Right. Um, you know, I, I think it's safe to say that we are drawing closer to a conclusion to this entire debacle, if you will, if you want to give it a polite uh, word to describe it. It certainly seems like football is going to be back in some form in October, be that with everyone or no one or just you and me. Um, There's going to be football, it seems like, but certainly things have changed quickly over the last month. Um, So, you know, I'm I'm not a betting man, uh, at least not officially. I will say this. Let's go back to October 9, 10, 11, excuse me, August 9, 10, 11. And a lot of the, you know, this source says this, this source says that, and it was all negative about playing, if you recall. This time, all the sourcing on it so far has been the opposite direction. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I would say so. I, I think that's an accurate uh, summation of the last month. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean, this time around, it's, it's you know, it's different. Uh, now, whether that, you know, 
We'll find out whether it comes to fruition or not, but it's the sourcing, the optimism of the sourcing is different than the negativity of the sourcing the last time through. Uh, when you, uh, one thing I, I asked James when he was on the show was how long would it take you to ramp up? And he said four to six weeks. If they're told in the next day or two that they get a yes and it's October 17th, that does fit into the four week time frame. Yeah, I mean, they have said all along that, look, you can't just wake up one morning and decide to play a football season. Um, but if, if they do get that middle October, sort of later October, go ahead. You know, I think the fact, obviously, that they've been practicing, that they sort of went through at least a bit of a camp already and then have gotten out on the field for the 12 hours a week um, has put them in a different spot. And I think that because of that, you know, it gives them a little bit more flexibility. And you're right, you know, if, if, if the next couple of days unfold of today, tomorrow unfolds in the way that it seems like it might um all of a sudden it's the, the green light and you've got guys on the field with a little bit more purpose and, and just enough time to get it out uh, so when it comes to that part of it um you would have to then do it you know say it does come to fruition and we're not saying it will because we don't know what the answer is right now what kind of wrinkle does it throw in that you're trying to do a training camp while in school yeah, I mean, I think it's different in the sense that, you know, in the summer you can pretty much just focus on football. And, you know, we talk to people, you know, we've heard, I think every coach in America has said part of the reason they like bowl practice so much is because, you know, you get back to just football. There's no classes. Once finals are over, everything is just back to football. Um, James has talked a lot, so I don't remember who he told this to exactly. It might have been you, but I know he had floated the idea of doing things on the weekends a little bit more like a regular mm-hmm camp um things like that to kind of you know get back to having football in big chunks but it it is interesting because these guys normally when they're in camp maybe they've got summer classes um but for the most part they don't have the full load of a semester and now you've got something unfamiliar and something uh you know that you've got to deal with the study hall and all of those things I, i think it is an interesting wrinkle but you know i think you talk to any coach in america and they will tell you as long as everybody else has to deal with that same obstacle they're fine with it you know maybe it's frustrating and maybe it makes things difficult but as long as everyone's got to deal with it it's okay and certainly you know there will be schools across the big 10 that'll have that same sort of issue to deal with how difficult is a decision like this when you're dealing with uh university presidents that are from 11 different states and have 11 different circumstances to work with not just 14 but 11 different state circumstances to work with yeah, I mean, I think you've seen it already as these decisions about, you know, different states and, and different things that they can or cannot do. Ohio and New Jersey both make their, you know, high school football or high school athletics uh, decisions before Pennsylvania does. Um, you know, there's different things about how many people can be in one place at one time, indoors and outdoors. Um, then you've got to make decisions about, you know, you know, we look at the center county numbers and the, the numbers of students that have that have uh, acquired is not really the right word, but have tested positive for COVID. Um, and then you look at Alabama where they had 1,200 kids in, in one week or one day that tested positive, and it just really goes to show that, you know, it's like they've said all along that Rutgers' situation is different than Wisconsin, which is different than Michigan State's. And you kind of have to vote, you know, not only for the conference, but you have to vote for what's best, uh, you know, for the people that are on your campus and what have you. Certainly, I think we've we've proven over the last couple of weeks in, in general concept that if you've got athletes on campus, maybe they're better off being 
in the sort of bubble of playing uh, sports and having all that testing than not. But, you know, each campus, each state is in a different situation with this thing. And because of that, you know, everyone's decision-making process is a little different. And that does make it difficult because you're trying to make one big decision um, based off of 11 different factors. And, and honestly, I think that's part of the reason why the NCAA has said all along to different conferences, look, figure this out on your own. Maybe that is not the best way to do it, but I think it's a way that sort of makes sense given the nature of permutations that this thing has taken up in various different states. We've gone through a couple of weekends of college football to this point. Um, there was one, one game, obviously, in the opening weekend, so there's been three, quote, weekends of it. But, you know, more was played this weekend than any other time. There has not been – we don't have testing results from the weekend yet, obviously. But have you been able to get any confidence level about the ability to play football just based on the first weekend or so? Because it seemed like, for the, with an exception here or there, Memphis being an exception, everybody seemed to come through it okay. Yeah, I mean, at this point it seems like – you know, there are, like you said, there are little pockets or little, you know, hiccups along the way, and you kind of expected that. Um, yeah, I mean, I do think it gives you confidence. I think the big question is going to be, you know, you think of yourself as a student at the beginning of a semester, and you go, I'm going to go to every class, I'm going to go to every study hall, I'm going to go to bed early, I'm going to get up early, I'm going to do all these things. And that's easy to do for the first couple of weeks because you've got that excitement. Um, but, you know, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, come <laughs> October or November, you know, do these guys still want to do all of those things uh, that they had been doing to keep themselves safe? And nobody knows, but there there is no doubt that you know, in terms of an opening salvo of proof of concept, you know, college football, ninety five percent of the time here um, has gotten it right. Are you saying your confidence waned after the first couple of weeks of going to classes? How maybe I th- my confidence maybe didn't wane, but certainly the enthusiasm. The enthusiasm <laughs> to go waned. Yes, <laughs> yeah. No, I meant your enthusiasm to go waned just a bit, huh? Okay, I just just thought I'd follow up on that. Uh, what do you think? College basketball, uh, the NCAA, and a lot of people do have a lot of confidence in Dan Gavitt, uh, and because he's earned it uh, over time. Uh, they're going to make an announcement of what they intend to do. And I know they had four primary options on the table. It looks like one has emerged as a leader and there's a secondary one. Uh, what do you think might happen with that? Yeah, I mean, it seems like they're leaning towards best I can tell or best, you know, that I can read. I'm not going to pretend to know something the rest of you doubt that, that it seems like college basketball is going to happen. Maybe it starts a little later, but I think the big advantage that basketball has got over these other sports is that really, you know, the number of people that these athletes come in contact with, the number of athletes on a team is so much fewer than a football team. Right. You know, we're talking hundreds of people around the last building every day versus, uh, you know, probably a couple dozen around the Jordan Center, and certainly the risks are all there. But I, I think right. when it comes to keeping everyone safe, keeping them testing in the way that you want that makes it a little bit easier certainly there's more travel maybe you do conference only things maybe you change the tournament a little bit but you know i think the fact that you can get the monster of college football off the ground and, and seemingly to work early on um that's got to be a good sign for college basketball even if the travel is a lot more um and there's certainly different issues that come along with that <laughs> yeah there's no question about that because obviously there's more travel there's no getting no getting around it um what have you learned? It was interesting. In talking with Sandy Barber, she was throwing out terms about testing and, and, and so forth. And she finally stopped and said, can you believe all this stuff I know now? 
Uh, what have you learned through this that maybe you just never knew before? <laughs> what have I learned in the last year? Um, and man, and just even the last, it. even the last three months. Yeah, you said that August was a month ago, and I, I was looking at my calendar to see if that was right. Um, it, it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I just think, you know, just how difficult these situations are, and I think, yeah. you know you know, you understand that there's nothing about this that is easy. There's no good decision. There's no good, uh, you know, way to go about this. I do think if I've learned anything it is how much we anticipate our decisions to be made as fast as social media wants them to be. Right. Um, That's a good you know, point. We go through six hours of not having an answer and suddenly the big 10 doesn't know what it's doing. And so I, I think there's a lot that you could say about, how the Big Ten has handled this, that maybe given a second chance, Kevin Warren would do it differently, and I think he has said that in, in different words. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I just think it, it is really difficult to make tough decisions because you play football, um, maybe somebody gets sick, and, and ultimately maybe someone dies or maybe something bad happens to them long term. Right. You don't play football, and you have you know college towns like State College that struggle in different ways, athletic departments that have to cut teams in different ways. Uh, it is just one of those things where, you know, tragedies, if it, they wouldn't be tragedies if you could just pick a good answer and then nothing bad would happen. And I think that's really, in a lot of ways, certainly it's quote-unquote just sports, but there's a lot more to go along with that. And I think it's just been a good exercise and, uh, you know, leadership from very different levels on, you know, across the country and, and what have you. And I think, uh, you know, we will certainly, it'll, it'll make dealing with parking questions and, and dealing with how are you going to get everyone to the stadium <laughs> in a year or two feel, you know, a much more manageable task than how do you get everyone through a college football season without getting sick. Right. Uh, if Say the Big Ten, let's just pick the date that seems to be floated out left and right. We have no idea if it's accurate or not. Uh, of October 17th. That would be three weeks it would be week, uh, let's see, week uh, one, two, three, week four of the SEC season, I think. Now they have buys built in and so forth. The fact that they will have already played and everybody will have played, does that, you know, no, it's start practicing, go ahead, start practicing, but we still have this, it's like it's a cushion built in on, on the schedule for them to do really a go-no-go based on what everybody else does. Is that fair? Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. I think it's, you know, it's it gives you a, a window, and maybe that's the argument for why the Big Ten should have, you know, waited a few weeks before it made its decision just to see how things pan out. But I don't think there's any question that, you know, you've got a couple weeks to work with, and if it all, uh, you know, goes to hell in a handbasket, then you can just say, all right, we're just not gonna we're just not gonna try this right now sure. uh, because it's not working. On the other hand, and I, I read this this morning. Um, you know, there's an argument to be made that maybe the, the, the Big Ten and the Pac-12 are, are the, the, the leagues that because they took this time to figure out how, what they wanted to do and figured out the testing and the contract tracing, maybe they're the leagues that end up playing a full season with fewer hiccups. And maybe, you know, the SEC right. runs into some trouble or the ACC runs into some trouble and has to take time off or has to cancel. And then suddenly the Big Ten is playing the whole way through. So I think, you know, it is a good cushion. Um, you know, people talk about competitive advantages and things like that, but I think at this point, if they're playing football in Beaver Stadium at any point in 2020, and any sort of money's coming into the athletic <laughs> department, Penn State can go five and five, and you should be happy with that because it means something good happened this year. Um, so, you know, it, it is. I, I look forward to something being normal again 
uh, just uh, perhaps not anytime soon. I wouldn't get too cocky about that five and five everybody feeling good thing. (laughs) 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 So some things are never gonna change, Ben. All right. (laughs) Thanks so much. Really appreciate your time and the great work you do all the time too. Thanks, Ben. Yep. Thanks for having me, Steve. All right. Uh, we'll come back with more in a moment uh, as we continue to monitor what's going on here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors. Great to have you with us today. Neil Kulong in the next half hour on the Steelers last night. A thoroughly, completely uneagle like dominating win. I would say it was from about the second quarter on. Steelers had their moments early on I last only, night, too, but, yeah, I, I, not as bad as the Eagles. We'll go I, only, I only did that to get your goat. <laughs> That's all. I'm, I'm so getting I'm, better now. I'm, I'm a little look, bit better than yesterday. I get better a little each day. So I, have, I get a picture of the grandfather, the father, and little Luke before the game on Sunday. That's right. Luke, look, Luke looks so unhappy. It looks like the picture was taken after the game. 